0: Welcome back. I'm just kind of rejuvenating my Twitter space here. Politics AF podcast. Ah, shit. Okay. Hot on trail of, I'm aiming to do like 24 7. Podcasting and Twitter space. U.S. National News. Oh, record space, start my space. Hi there. I don't know why uh, Elon turns off my Twitter space, but I had planned, um... To just go on permanently and to have this be my permanent show. So, right now I'm inviting Brian Tyler Cohen and DHS Gov to answer some questions. I invited four people. Uh,. Do 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 do, do 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 so we are hot on the trail of trump going to jail i'm a Midas touch producer proud, proud as hell and mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore okay please don't prosecute me Jocks. Trump makes the range video himself demanding he not be prosecuted one day ago
1: do you consider the media in your state to be politically yeah, it's biased?
0: All political bias.
2: Add your thoughts. There's
0: only for corporations on all our Trump media. Donald
2: Trump just made a really bizarre and reprehensible <laughs> video that he posted.
0: What's new? And not only does Donald Trump attack special counsel Jack Smith, who he's previously
2: called a savage and a terrorist and <laughs> a Marxist and a communist basically every day, but Donald Trump also attacked <laughs> day, yeah. the special counsel appointed by the Department of Justice to investigate President Joe Biden's possession of potentially classified records and other records far less than Donald Trump and without the intent to actually take these records where Donald Trump stole thousands of records. But the special counsel uh, appointed by the Department of Justice is somebody by the name of Robert Hur. Robert Herr was appointed by Donald Trump as the United States Attorney uh, in Maryland. So in this video I'm about to play you, not only is Donald Trump attacking Special Counsel Jack Smith, but he calls Robert Herr, who he appointed to become the top federal prosecutor in the state of Maryland, he calls her, quote, an establishment hack giving President Biden, quote, white glove treatment. So if you're not part of the cult of Donald Trump or you don't buy into all of Donald Trump's conspiracy theories and reprehensible and vile attempts to overthrow our democracy, even if you cover up a lot of Trump stuff, like someone like a Bill Barr, someone like a Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, Republicans. Donald Trump calls you establishment hacks and rhinos, and he calls you Democrats because, or Marxists, because that's all they have. All they do is they call you names if you don't submit to the cult of Donald Trump. So I'm gonna play you this video because I have to, and it's newsworthy, but I'm not going to play it um, and just leave it there.
0: I then want to go through and dissect
2: each of Donald Trump's lies. But one of the reasons I want to play this video for you as well is because it shows how desperate and scared Donald Trump is. Like, it terrifies Donald Trump. And you got to give Merrick Garland some credit here by picking Jack Smith, who is a uh, former war criminal prosecutor. prosecutor. Because that right there is eaten up Donald Trump's brain to the extent that any portion of it still exists. That is living rent-free inside Donald Trump's head that Jack Smith is a war prosecutor <laughs> and successfully convicted war criminals. Donald Trump mentions it in this video. So... Let's play this video and then let's dissect the lies, call it out, and then recognize and reflect upon how desperate and weak Donald Trump is to make this video. Play the video.
3: Yet while I'm being persecuted by Trump-hating special counsel, I call them special prosecutors, but this one in particular is a prosecutor and a Trump-deranged person. They prosecute hmm. all sorts of things. He prosecuted war crimes and war criminals. Joe hmm. Biden, in the meantime, is being given white glove treatment by an establishment hack who tried to cover up the Russia hugs. He they to tried to cover to up cover the Russia up. hugs. It's a travesty. Biden a travesty? lied to the American people and weaponized the Justice Department, or as I call it, the Injustice
0: you know, Department. You mean just like you did?
3: To go after me for the very crime he actually committed. And he wasn't president, so he didn't have the right to declassify, as I did. The difference is that while I did everything right, I did nothing wrong. <laughs> Biden did everything wrong. The Boxer's hoax wrong. should be dropped immediately against President Trump.
0: President when I return
3: Trump. to the White House, we will end the era of partisan witch hunts. It goes to show you that a malignant narcissist
2: Trump is. And of course we know he's a malignant. He thinks by making these videos of himself that that's going to make special counsel Jack Smith Back not off. prosecute him. <laughs> How desperate and weak and bizarre can you be to attack the special prosecutor? you also attack the other special prosecutor. attack Robert Everybody and was right Jack Smith. He's a call fucking Jack moron. Smith Marxist terrorist, deranged all of these things. And then at the end to beg Jack Smith. That is why you need to drop the investigation immediately. Like you think special counsel jack smith's gonna watch that video oh what a scary video donald trump (laughs) yeah he tried to overthrow our democracy he obstructed justice he stole government records and concealed it but oh he (laughs) just made a video folks i am terrified that's ridiculous and utterly absurd
0: well his followers start by looking at the video
2: donald trump says mar-a-lago ultra secure there's like multiple instances where spies have gotten into mar-a-lago it is not secured at all and certainly uh, it ain't very easy for spies to get into because multiple spies have gotten into Mar-a-Lago. as long as you pay the fee spies can get in. he calls the university of penn chinese funded it's all projection <laughs> of course it's a lie and it's <laughs> all projection because We know from Donald Trump's tax returns that were previously released by the House Ways and Means Committee that Donald Trump had secret Chinese bank accounts. He paid more money to the Chinese government in taxes than he did by far to the United States government where he paid essentially no taxes at all. Mm -hmm. Stealing from hardworking Americans. Three
0: million.
2: Middle class Americans. Well, he asks tax for refunds and receive refunds that pays more money to the chinese government by the way has <laughs> like 15 million dollar business deals with uh shady uh, individuals linked to the chinese government while he was president but w- 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 whatever <laughs> donald trump says i'm being persecuted by the trump hating special counsel a trump deranged person jack smith is an independent jack smith is engaged in independent investigation to determine if laws have been broken it's going to determine i think that there was then you see donald trump's focused on war crimes war criminal living rent-free in donald trump's head then donald trump in the video attacks robert Hur, who's a republican who donald trump Mm. appointed and calls (laughs) him an establishment hack Mm. you appointed robert Hur. you appointed christopher Mm. ray you appointed bill barr you appointed all of these people these are your people Merrick Garland didn't pick a Democrat, he picked a Republican who you appointed to do the investigation, who you now call a hack. You call the Department of Justice in this video the Injustice Department because you hate law enforcement. Republicans hate law enforcement. Republicans say they want to defund the FBI because the FBI and the Department of Justice Have had more investigations recently into domestic terrorists. And it just so happens the modern day Republican Party has lots of domestic terrorists in the party. Many of the MAGA Republican members of Congress are domestic terrorists. Donald Trump is a domestic terrorist. And because the Department of Justice is supportive of law and order, and y'all are terrorists, domestic terrorists engaged in insurrection, okay, to overthrow our democracy. I think that Justice Department because you hate law enforcement. Republicans hate law enforcement. Republicans say they want to defund the FBI <clears throat> because the FBI and the Department of Justice
0: have had him. more
2: investigations recently into domestic terrorists. And it just so happens the modern-day Republican Party has lots of domestic terrorists in the party. Many of the <laughs> MAGA Republican members of Congress are domestic terrorists. Donald Trump. Is a domestic terrorist, and because the Department of Justice is supportive of law and order, and y'all are terrorists, domestic terrorists, engaged in insurrection, okay, to overthrow our democracy. I think that fits the definition in my mind of terrorists, where you support terroristic acts like insurrectionists and you call them political prisoners, that's domestic terrorism. That's that's what it is. So That's why you call them the injustice department. Mm -hmm. Then you go on and say, I did nothing wrong. Okay, Just because you like change your voice when you say it, that doesn't change the fact that you tried to overthrow our democracy. And then you call it the boxes hoax and you go, well, Biden did the crime. Let's be clear what the issue that you're being investigated for, because you're very focused on the fact that you claim you declassified records telepathically first. Let's address the the issue of you declassifying records. You didn't declassify records. There's a process for declassification. You can't engage in telepathic declassification. But setting that aside, none of the crimes in which the magistrate judge in the Southern District of Florida found there was probable cause for the search warrant to be executed at Mar-a-Lago, none of the crimes have anything to do with classification status. You're not being investigated at least from what we know in the search warrant for the classification status of the documents. What you are being criminally investigated for is the concealment, the mutilation, and destruction of documents, hiding them, lying about them. Because the next thing you're being investigated for in the accounts that were in the search warrant was obstruction of justice. Because you didn't cooperate with the Department of Justice or the National Archives. When you left the White House in January of 2021, the National Archives gave you months and months and months, in fact, years, to cooperate before they had to get to the point of executing a search warrant because you continued to lie and you had lawyers sign false affidavits saying things were returned when they were not returned at all. I mean, going back to 2021, January up until january of 2022 consistent lies to the national archives that everything was given back to them then finally you give back 15 boxes of documents that all of the reporting sources familiar say you were the one who actually prepared these 15 do- these 15 boxes where you hid the classified material including sensitive compartmented information the highest classification of information that needs to be viewed only in skiff sensitive compartmented information facilities we have no um, information that there's any qualitatively similar qualities in the very minimal amount of documents that existed at uh, University of Pennsylvania and in Biden's garage, Talking like about maybe 20 documents. You took thousands, thousands and thousands thousands of records and hundreds of classified, top secret, and sensitive compartmented information. But you hit them in between, like, newspapers. Like, you didn't think the National Archives were going to open up the papers? And they go, Okay, well, now we see all the sensitive compartmented information. We know there's other stuff here. Can you please return the rest? And that's when Trump said, I returned everything. You have everything now. I know I said I returned it back in 2021. You have it. Go away. And the National Archives went to the DOJ and said, look, he still has these records. So for a long period of time, the archives, then the Department of Justice said, can you please return them? You lied and said they were all returned. Then fast forward a little bit on June 3rd of 2022, you have Christina Bob, who's a custodian of records or a lawyer or a news reporter, whatever the heck she claims she's doing at any given day. But you had her try to take the fall for this, and she signed the affidavit that another lawyer, uh, Corcoran, told her to sign, where she said, based upon the information provided to me and a diligent search of the premises, these are all the records. And it was in a red-weld folder, one of those legal folders, sealed. It was given to the FBI and the Department of Justice with this affidavit saying this is everything. And you lied again. The Department of Justice knew. They have sources inside Mar-a-Lago who told them that you were lying. They have surveillance footage which showed that you were lying. And they knew exactly where to look, where you were hiding all the other documents. So after all of the lies and the concealment and false affidavits, that's when the Department of Justice investigated I mean, it conducted, executed the search warrant. That's the criminal conduct, not the classification status of the records. There may be more criminal conduct that you engaged in, like using these documents transactionally with the Saudis and the Chinese government, because everything you say is projection. So when you accuse others, it seems like these are things that you do. Who else did you share this information with? I think we will learn more about that. But in terms of the crimes you're being investigated for, it's for your conduct when you intentionally stole it, hid it, concealed it, obstructed it, and probably destroyed a lot of these records. You know, you took to your social media the other day, and you said the reason that you had all of these folders were they were cool keepsakes, you said. Mm -hmm. You kept all these classified folders as cool keepsakes. That's going to be your defense. Your lawyer's (laughs) going to go before a jury and have the cool keepsake defense and your conduct of attacking prosecutors consistently that could be criminal as well that constitutes independent obstruction of justice attacking federal prosecutors their family threatening them saying these things about them clearly a terrified desperate individual right there in donald trump i like seeing him terrified and desperate Mm -hmm. like that and weak like that Mm -hmm. i would like it more when indictments happen we will keep you posted, of course, on when these indictments happen. To me, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And you see the desperation literally dripping down his traitor face. I'm Ben Marcellus from the Midas Touch Network. Hit the subscribe button, please. It's free to subscribe. We're trying to get to 1 million subscribers, so you subscribe if you haven't, and please share these videos with anyone else who hasn't subscribed. Tell them Mm -hmm. about the Midas Touch Network. That would help us out a lot. Also, what would help us out, if you join Patreon, it's an exclusive membership community that we have that basically funds all our operations. It's a membership. If you can't do it, don't worry, but go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. Different membership tiers there. We're even doing an exclusive <clears throat> zoom.
0: See the um, comments. Lock Trump up, throw away the key. With all the high powered federal and state prosecutors wandering around, it would be highly ironic if Eegene Carroll, an older woman, is the first one to get the orange monster convicted of a crime. <laughs> Civil rape. (laughs) Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Like a rapist. You guys elected that fucker. I didn't vote for him. And I didn't vote for Hillary either, actually. She is too corrupt. Vote for Bernie. What I love most about Jack Smith is that he's not saying anything in response to Trump's freakouts. I've heard that the biggest insult you can give someone is silence. While Trump is hurling insults and threats, Jack Smith is calmly going about his job. I believe that many of the things Trump is saying will be used against him since he's saying them publicly. That makes him them acceptable to use as evidence. Trump's gangland tactics will work against him in the long run. Yes. Yes and uh here's something that we can all look forward to exclamation point trump always loses his court cases trump always loses his court cases exclamation point Loses in court, exclamation point, that is, mm, loses, it's his Achilles heel. When I return to the White House, it makes my heart stop for a few seconds, yikes. Someone stopped that from ever happening. Thank you, Ben, and my, my touch for keeping us informed on your commentary. All he had to do was return the documents. He's being investigated because he refused to turn, return them and lied repeatedly. He brought the seat on himself. Trump is the worst thing that ever, that's ever happened to this country, and yes, I mean thing. It needs to be held accountable and not a slap on the wrist. He's desperately afraid all his crimes will be revealed and that he'll finally be punished for it. His only way to answer is to defame a name call. Those looking at the crimes, he's just so pathetic. <clears throat> By the way, the reason he is destroying all these files is because it shows what a traitor he is to this country. Work so I have to type it out. John has destroying all those files because they're evidence. of his criminal misconduct of his criminal treason and terrorism Okay, let's see. Haunted Britain. I already covered that. Mm. (laughs) Let's start calling the debt ceiling exactly what it is paying Donald Trump's bills. It's not allowing for new spending. It's paying for much of what Trump and Kevin McCarthy recently spent. (laughs) No, thank you, kitty cat. January 6th, committee hearings, final report. Did I see that whole thing? Uh, The real history of the Americas before Columbus. Hmm. Australia's dark secret, the inhumane treatment of indigenous peoples. The Vikings. The Nabataeans, the last days of Petra Fall of Civilizations. <laughs> Streamed forty six minutes ago, live. Jack Smith knows how weak Trump is as he is sanctioned one million. Heh heh heh. F let's go. One simple Cheer trick for you it. Know
2: improves your health. Get your popcorn happens, everybody. You let's
0: roll. Let's roll. Donald
2: Trump and his lawyer Alina Haba, uh-huh. are sanctioned almost $1 million. Yeah, go ahead
0: and try to make it seem judge sound like a in victory.
2: <laughs> a frivolous lawsuit back in March of 2022 against Hillary Clinton and about a dozen other individuals. We <clears> covering
0: This is exactly the time this is precisely the time all the corporate media reporters should be jamming microphones microphones into their these motherfuckers faces MFR's faces to get their reaction and uh, record for our entertainment purposes. their their um feeble ass attempts to make this into some kind of victory <laughs> victory lol
2: the sanctions motions, and the dismissal by the federal judge in that matter. But this sanctions order is scathing. You will not want to miss our breakdown. Stay tuned. And as we break down the law, Popak, Trump is breaking down in real time. He is swirling. (laughs) He's He's just breaking down he is swirling the drain he is dripping desperation he is weak following the sanctions order by the federal judge in florida donald trump immediately dismissed another frivolous lawsuit that he filed and that we've been covering here on legal af that's the frivolous lawsuit he filed against new york attorney general letitia james in florida which just so happened to also be assigned to the same federal judge judge donald middlebrooks who just sanctioned him one million dollars the lesson is clear folks trump (laughs) is a coward you stand up to him like judge middlebrooks did and he backs down like the coward that he is and Meanwhile, a federal judge in New York unsealed four pages of the deposition transcripts from Donald Trump's deposition in the E. Jean Carroll civil rape and Uh defamation lawsuit, which is set for trial this April, and in new stunning Uh deposition transcript pages that were just released, Donald Trump reprehensibly says on some of the pages that he cannot have raped Egene Carroll because she is not his type. Disgusting. <laughs> but then on additional deposition transcript page. pages, when he's shown a picture of E. Jean Carroll from 30 years ago, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: he thought that what he was looking at, who he was Which looking at, wife. is his ex-wife Marla, Marla Maples. Maples. Uh-huh. There was this Perry Mason moment courtesy <laughs> of E. Jean Carroll's <laughs> lawyers, Roberta Kaplan. And, We turn back to Florida in this episode of Legal AF, where Mm -hmm. a federal judge found that Ron DeSantis violated the constitutional rights of the Hillsborough County prosecutor Mm -hmm. when DeSantis suspended him for being too woke because the prosecutor signed a petition saying he didn't believe that women should be arrested for having abortions. And the federal judge, in making this scathing ruling against DeSantis, though, said that he was limited based on the united states constitution about the remedies he could provide in essence he couldn't grant any remedy so popok knowing your expertise uh, as a florida lawyer the question that everybody's asking is what Happens next for DeSantis and what happens next for this prosecutor? Well, what happens next He'll for the United States Supreme Court? Charging with we'll human focus trafficking. That in this episode of Legal AF as well, because the United States Supreme Court concluded its investigation into who leaked the Dobbs ruling. Of course, the Dobbs ruling despicably overturned Roe v. Wade, and uh, the leak occurred on May 2nd of 2022 to Politico, and the Supreme Court concluded they could not find the leaker. The Supreme Court investigation, however, did not
0: really focus
2: on the justices themselves. They weren't forced Mm -hmm. to sign any sworn affidavits. Well, Mm -hmm. I think, Popak, I can give you a Lido hint who may have, <laughs> leaked it. we'll talk about that here on the legal <laughs> a. podcast and Peter Navarro, the MAGA extremist Trump stooge, uh, who is set to go to trial for a contempt of Congress charge. For not showing up in response to the January 6th committee's duly issued uh, subpoenas. He lost his motion to dismiss in humiliating fashion in federal court. Uh Now he will head for trial for contempt of Uh Congress, where I suspect that he's going to be summarily convicted very quickly, just like Steve Bannon. Mm -hmm. They don't say it's the most consequential legal news of the week for no reason, Popac. We got a lot of (laughs) consequential news. How are you doing? Great-looking glasses, (laughs) Michael Popak. You know, I saved my glasses comment until the very end, intentionally, (laughs) of the last podcast so I could just close out with it. But, you know, the reality is if we're being objective here, I think mixed feelings about the glasses. (laughs) I think overall (laughs) it's grown on people. But if I'm just being blunt with you, I think in the last show in the chat, I would say it was mixed, if I'm being fair.
1: Well, the good news is I've been reading all the other hot takes. I'm running nine to one in favor of the glasses. So it, it, the people have come around to this concept, but that's not why people tune into Legal AF about my eyewear or your yeah. police jacket. And boy, we have a great thing to talk about today. Two judges who took on DeSantis in one with Judge Hinkle and Donald Trump with Judge Middlebrooks. What I mean he's the jurist of the week for me. He might be the jurist of the of twenty twenty three for me is Don Middlebrooks. And we're gonna talk about that. But Hinkle did a great thing too because when we get into that DeSantis trial where everything went against him except at the very end on jurisdiction. A lot of judges would have started with jurisdiction, punted the case and said, I don't have any jurisdiction and I'm not even gonna bother with a bench trial. But Hinkle didn't want to do that. Hinkle wanted to get all those facts out just as Middlebrooks wanted to get all the facts out in a 50 or 60 page opinion so that the world and history could see it. And that's another thing that judges do that we don't give them enough credit for, which is to take on tyrants and take on vexatious litigants and bad faith litigants like Donald Trump and spell it out page by page methodically and their opinion i guess is if i got to read all the crap that they file in their briefs they're gonna to have to sit and read my federal judge order about what i think about all the crap that they filed
2: just as people have come around to supporting your glasses Michael my <laughs> people i think are coming around to realizing that the wheels of justice are turning in the right direction and we've been talking about other federal rulings and other uh, other outcomes that have reflected that. But I think nothing reflects it quite so much as this recent ruling by Judge Donald Middlebrooks in the Southern District of Florida. For all those out there who are new to Legal AF, one, what are you doing? But number two, popoc practices in Florida. So he has some local expertise well about the federal bench and the judiciary there. But this was a lawsuit that was filed by Donald Trump and his lawyer who filed it on his behalf, Alina Haba, who I've said is probably the worst lawyer in the entire country because she thinks she's good, which adds an extra layer of problematic nature to it as she digs the hole deeper and deeper. But this was, I suppose, a it was framed as a RICO lawsuit, a, a racketeering style conspiracy, but it was basically the rampings and ravings of a lunatic of 189 pages of Donald Trump just complaining how people like Hillary Clinton and Comey and others hurt his reputation by linking him to Russia and that that was somehow an actionable claim that should go before our court systems and the federal court systems. Not only was there no claim actually being asserted, and as Judge Middlebrook said when he dismissed this federal lawsuit back in September, every single allegation was basically false. I mean, from the basic facts that they would say, this person lived in New York, but, like, the person lived in Virginia. This person (laughs) chaired the DNC, like, the person never even worked at the DNC. So, like, all of the claims were frivolous, and basically all of the allegations were false. There was a previous sanction order by someone by the name of Charles Dolan Um, who got about $66,000 in sanctions a few months back, which we said, just you wait. That $66,000 sanction motion is just the tip of the iceberg because Hillary Clinton and about 18 others who got the case dismissed filed this uh, sanctions motion seeking a little more than $1 million. (laughs) You and I said, based on Judge Middlebrook's analysis of the previous sanctions order, where he said everything is frivolous, um, we said, I expect it's going to be close to the million dollars. You know, the judge may shave off a few thousand dollars here or there if he thinks the billing was unreasonable and Popok, I think you and I almost nailed it almost to the dollar. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was slightly less than 1 million dollars, but for all intents and purposes, it's a million dollar sanctions order when you add up this one and the and the Dolan sanctions order. And it's an incredibly scathing <laughs> order where the judge not only attacks Trump's frivolous filing here, but attacks all of the other frivolous lawsuits that Donald Trump had filed, including the one that also happened to be assigned to the same judge, Middlebrooks, in the Letitia James lawsuit. But Popak, can you break down this order? Because rarely do you see an order so scathing, and lots of the legal <laughs> AFers have said How do you stop these vexatious litigants? Like, how do you stop the conduct? Well, the fact that Donald Trump was the one who filed the lawsuit seeking money against others and he had to pay one million dollars to the people he sued is one way you stop ve- vexatious litigants. Popak, break it down for us.
1: Yeah, I will. Thank you. As people know, I practice really in two places, New York where I'm sitting now and in Miami where I spent 20 years, and I've been before Judge Middlebrooks and tried cases in front of him. And when he got originally assigned, go back to the prior videos of ours, uh, We, you and I, um, and with my guidance, uh, the audience, were very encouraged by the fact that Don Middlebrooks had been assigned the case, all these cases. And so everything that flowed from having a really good jurist um, who's no nonsense, who's not MAGA, who's been on the bench for over 20 years. I, I think I tried my first case in front of him 25 years ago when he first got on. As being, he was he he did what you and I did. He was a commercial litigator at a very well-known firm in my in uh, West Palm Beach, and then got elevated and sits in West Palm Beach at the Southern District of Florida. And everything that we predicted has come true from the dismissal of the case against Letitia James and the New York Attorney General that got assigned to Don Middlebrooks, which got dismissed the same morning as his order came out. What I love about Don Middlebrooks, Judge Middlebrooks' decision in 46 pages, is that he doesn't hold back. He went in with a blueprint. I'm sure he told his clerks. And Don Don Middlebrooks is known for writing. He was a very good writer when he was in private practice. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did the first or second draft of this order. And he had a couple of goals that he wanted to um, accomplish in the order one he wanted to lay out how as a vexatious litigant filing meritless cases all around the country a lot with alina haba he wanted all that in black and white for both this order for the exercise of inherent authority which is the the authority, this overarching authority of a federal judge or even a state judge to issue sanctions based on their inherent authority to make sure that the wheels of justice are creased properly and move in the right direction and that people aren't obstructing justice. That's where the inherent authority comes from. And it also comes from a finding of bad faith. That's what triggers. That's what Middlebrook said triggers my inherent authority, because he looked at the other places that he has authority to sanction people. Rule 11, we talked about that a lot on Legal AF, which really is backward looking, as, as Judge Middlebrook says. It's with stuff you did in the past that you refuse to withdraw after somebody brought it to your attention that it, it's without merit. And he said, this, you know, the Defense of Trade Secrets Act and other things, there's ways for me to order sanctions, but the best way, a most robust way for me as a federal judge to punish, punish, Donald Trump and his lawyer, Alina Haba, is exercising my inherent authority. And that then just opened the door to him saying, let's talk about all the places in America where Donald Trump, usually with Alina Haba at his side, that he has brought meritless, bad faith litigation to obstruct justice. And he, he then listed them, including the case, as you said, Ben, that was in front of him. He said, well, there's the Trump versus the New York Attorney General case that's in front of me that I've said is meritless. Um, And then uh, Trump got the hit and dismissed it that morning. There's the case he filed in the Northern District of New York against Letitia James, which he also failed there. There's Trump versus Twitter. There's Trump versus CNN. There's Trump versus uh, the Pulitzer Prize board filed (laughs) in order. And he had a couple of goals that he wanted to... Um, accomplish in the order one he wanted to lay out how as a vexatious litigant filing meritless cases all around the country a lot with alina haba he wanted all that in black and white for both this order for the exercise of inherent authority which is the which is the authority this overarching authority of a federal judge or even a state judge to issue sanctions based on their inherent authority to make sure that the wheels of justice are creased properly and move in the right direction, and that people aren't obstructing justice. That's where the inherent authority comes from. And it also comes from a finding of bad faith. That's what triggers, that's what Middlebrook said, triggers my inherent authority, because he looked at the other places that he has authority to sanction people. Rule 11, we talked about that a lot on Legal AF, which really is backward looking, as as Judge Middlebrook says. It's the stuff you did in the past that you refused to withdraw after somebody brought it to your attention, that it's without merit. And he said, you know, the Defense of Trade Secrets Act and other things, there's ways for me to order sanctions. But the best way, a most robust way for me as a federal judge to punish, punish Donald Trump and his lawyer, Alina Haba, is exercising my inherent authority and that then just opened the door to him saying let's talk about all the places in America where Donald Trump usually with Alina Hoppe at his side that he has brought meritless bad faith litigation to obstruct justice. All 86 in
0: those election fraud lawsuits the
1: case, as you said Ben that was in front of him. He said, well, there's the Trump versus the New York Attorney General case that's in front of me that I've said is meritless. Um, and then uh, uh, Trump got the hit and dismissed it that morning. There,
0: you forgot to mention. You forgot to mention how all eighty-six election fraud. Uh, dismissed as having no, no evidence. <clears throat> it's
1: the case he filed in the Northern District of New York against Letitia James, which he also failed there. There's Trump versus Twitter. There's Trump versus CNN. There's Trump versus uh, the Pulitzer Prize Board filed in Okeechobee, this little town. Um, in sugar sugar cane country, in the middle of the state, right by Lake Okeechobee, which the judge commented in his order, has no connection whatsoever to the Pulitzer Prize board or to Donald Trump. In (laughs) other words, he just threw a dart to get as far away. He didn't say this, but the implication was Donald Trump wanted to get as far away from Don Middlebrooks as a judge as possible. So he went up to Okeechobee and filed in state court. But he didn't get out of the ire of the judge because the judge went... tracked down all these cases and listed them. He also said, um, basically, I also watch television. And the way that Judge Middlebrooks communicated that is because he cited all the times that Alina Haba went on Tucker Carlson or Hannity okay. or Newsmax or any of them and commented negatively and attacked Middlebrooks, this judge, any judge. Um, and he had a very great quote that we've talked about in the past, where he said that Alina Haba went on, I think it was Tucker Carlson, and said that Donald Trump, after we got assigned this this left-wing Clinton-appointed Judge Middlebrooks, and he wouldn't recuse himself, uh, it was a losing battle, and, Do- and Donald Trump told me to get out of the case. But, but the way that Middlebrooks highlighted that in the order is you knew this case didn't have any merit, and all you had was attacking me on network television, worldwide television. So, if they thought that, that he doesn't watch uh-huh. television, he wasn't going to mention that in his That's order, he firing. did. If he thought he wasn't going to mention all Finally. the other vexatious litigant uh, places and obstruction of justice Donald Trump has done. And, what, and he was very careful, Judge Middlebrooks. He said, I'm not sanctioning you, per se, for the Pulitzer Board suit, the Twitter suit, the CNN suit, or all these other suits. But I've inherited authority, and I can look beyond what's happened in this courtroom to see how you operate in the real world outside of Southern District of Florida. And what he came away with is the, uh, the menu or the cookbook for Donald Trump, which he listed towards the end of his order. Middlebrook said there's basically six steps to Donald Trump. One, use provocative rhetoric in your filing. Two, use a political narrative that you get from your rallies. Three, attack opponents uh, in the news media. Four, uh, disregard legal precedent. Ignore case law when you file and case law that's against you. Five, fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. Use all of these techniques to raise money. And he cited and quoted to links to Donald Trump using the case with Middlebrooks and the case in the Pulitzer Prize Board and all these other places to raise huge sums of money. And six, attack the judge and and this is the the owner's manual for donald trump in lawsuits and i love the fact that forevermore and this will be cited not just in the in florida but in every case around the country because middlebrooks is very well respected in the federal judiciary it is now in 48 or 47 pages the playbook the the emperor has no clothes this is what he does and then finally ben I love the fact that he made the $1 million or close to it. He shaved off about 15% of the amount that the attorneys were, were, uh, were asking for, based on a little bit on hourly rate that they were charging, but not much. He thought the hourly rate was fine. A little bit on uh, the way some things were billed, I won't get into the minutia, uh, on, on billing records. But overall, he, he awarded them you know, everything that they were looking for and made it what, what we call in the business joint and several liability, meaning... Both Alina Habba and Donald Trump are responsible to get that million dollars paid. And if and if it, so, I guess the good news for Alina Habba, if there's any any good news is, she can't allow her client to pay the million dollars so she doesn't have to pay it. He didn't say Alina Habba, a law firm, has to pay 500,000 and Donald Trump has to pay 500,000. Probably, he probably figures Alina doesn't have it anyway. So it's jointly and severally liable. So. I assume Donald Trump's going to pay the million, that's going to let them out from under this. If they don't pay the million, and they're going to pay the million, but if they don't pay the million dollars, then they're in contempt, and criminal contempt of court, and then people can start going to jail. What's going to be interesting there, though, is Alina Hobb is
2: going to have to have that conversation with Donald Trump, or if she hasn't had it already, as to who is going to pay, you know, and... One of the things that uh, the court did in making that joint and several liability, making them both responsible, kind of both throwing shade and also kind of pitting them against each other a little bit, footnote 38 on page 46, the court writes, sanctions must never be hollow gestures. Their bite must be real. But for the bite to be real, it must be an amount a person can pay. I believe the monetary sanctions imposed here are well within plaintiff and plaintiff's lawyer's ability to pay. And therefore, I have not thought it necessary to conduct an intrusive inquiry into their finances. However, should plaintiff or plaintiff's lawyer and law firm believe that the amount would seriously jeopardize their financial status, that individual or firm should file within 10 days of this order under seal a verified statement of net worth which includes assets and liabilities. In the event of such filing, the obligation of an individual or law firm will be told until further order of the court. And so saying, well, you say you're rich, so <laughs> you should be fine, but if you're not as rich as you say you are, you could come and you could submit an, an affidavit to me. We'll never
1: see that affidavit. <laughs> that will never
2: be filed. <laughs> you know, one of the other powerful parts of this order, I thought, was on page six, where the court goes, Here we are confronted with a lawsuit that should never have been filed, which was completely frivolous, both factually and legally, and which was brought in bad faith for an improper purpose. Mr. Trump is a prolific and sophisticated litigant who is repeatedly using the courts to seek revenge on political adversaries. He is the mastermind of strategic abuse of the judicial process, and he cannot be seen as a litigant blindly following the advice of a lawyer. He knew full well with the impact of his actions. He knew full well the impact of his actions. As such, I find that sanctions should be imposed upon Mr. Trump and his lead counsel. Language like that is going to be cited by people who Donald Trump sue across the country right now as ways to get sanctions in their case and to stop his vexatious litigation. So not only here did Judge Middlebrooks um, make an an incredibly important order for this case, but for any future person who's sued by Trump or the Trump Organization, they're gonna cite this as precedent or just as its persuasive value to basically say, look, this is what federal judges are saying And those bricks are being built. You know, for example, in the Letitia James case, one of the things that Middlebrooks cited before issuing the sanctions order when he denied a frivolous injunctive relief request by Donald Trump in his ridiculous lawsuit that he filed against New York Attorney General Letitia James in connection with the fact that she brought a fraud lawsuit in New York State Court against him seeking at least $250 million, the court said, look, The Trump Organization's a felon. They were just convicted on 17 felony counts. I am not going to hurt the people of the state of New York by granting any injunctive relief to a felon organization. So brick by brick, those things are being built. And as I mentioned, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, uh, her fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump. So Donald Trump filed in Florida, uh, in Palm Beach County. He filed a lawsuit against Letitia James after she sued him um, under the New York attorney general statute, ostensibly to try to stop her from getting discovery in her case that she's entitled to have, which is before a New York state judge, Judge Arthur Engron. And there, you know, the the, the there's – basically no jurisdiction at all for Donald Trump to bring this case against the New York Attorney General. There's no jurisdiction. There's no claims that he's being asserted. It just so happened to get assigned to the same judge, Judge Middlebrooks, and New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a motion to dismiss that case. And in the denial of the preliminary injunctive order, Judge Middlebrooks pointed out in a footnote on like the last page of his order, this is a frivolous case and you should dismiss it. Um, this was, what, about a month or so ago. Donald Trump did not dismiss it then. He still kept the lawsuit going. But as soon as Judge Middlebrooks issued this order sanctioning him a million dollars and citing the New York Attorney General Letitia James case in this recent sanctions order, what Trump do? He backs down. I want to the head of the attorney as the attorney general
4: what happened
2: all the united states attorneys kind of came together if you do that what Trump do? He backed down. When you stand up to him, and all of the ranting and the raving and his screaming and his tweeting or social media posting, all of that is like you, know, you think about it on the you know going back to the schoolyard. And I hate to give analogies with petulant third grade bullies because I think it's offensive to petulant third grade bullies. But that's kind of who Donald Trump is. And the MAGA Republican Party has allowed themselves to be co-opted by the threats and by the fear. And it's like, just stand up to him and just say no, you crazy idiot, you traitor. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, you just got to stand up to people like that. And I think Democrats and.
4: anymore. I mean, who knows what what, what nah, just fascistic a for movement
2: Democrats and Republicans, former Republicans and independents and people. No.
3: No. <laughs> you're wrong. I'm calling just
2: you out for it. Yet, the MAGA Republican Party just seems to just take it and take it and take it. And you give him an inch, he goes for your throat. So you can't give this. You can't give this fascist wannabe an inch. Popa.
1: So let me do it this way, Um, and we're going to talk about it when we get to the E. Jean Carroll segment on this. And I practiced law in New York around the same time that Donald Trump was running around as Playboy developer Trump doing all sorts of bad things, including what he did to E. Jean Carroll. And so many of these things when I was reading the deposition transcript we'll get to next about what happened, a lot of it resonated with me because I knew her husband, E. Jean Carroll. He was a newscaster that I watched when I was a little boy on ABC News in New York. And I knew Elaine's, the restaurant where they went a lot. These are all kind of famous totemic places in New York. And I knew Trump Tower, I knew Bergdorf Goodman's. But there's the big difference. When Donald Trump ran what effectively was a family office where everybody was either somebody he inherited from his father like Weisselberg or Matt Calamari or had the last name Trump because they were his children um, and lawyers around him at the time like Michael Cohen, there was no pushback he said i'm going to do this crazy thing and they said okay fine boss and then don't forget to sign my paycheck at the end of the week that's what he was used to for years and years of being a developer I'm going to do crazy fascist <laughs> insurrectionist things he this time though he had people who were not beholden to him for their professional career. We talked about like Pat Cipollone and others that were in the White House that at the moment of courage did the right thing by standing up to this guy. He wasn't used to that because for 30 or 40 years in New York, he surrounded himself with people that he paid to say yes to him for whatever they wanted to do. And now he, what, what we see a version of that is when he's a private litigant is he only, of course, hires people that are syncophants and bootlickers for him? Alina Habba, which I don't know if you caught, and I caught it. I don't think we did a, a trending take on this. Did you catch Ben that in October she was named special advisor to the new MAGA pack of his, and there was a quote from one of his, uh, one of Trump's uh, people that said, "Oh yeah." We trust Alina Haba, anything political, anything litigation, she's, she's our person. So he surrounds himself with really kind of weak minded people that are not going to stand
4: up to (laughs) admit it because, you know, it's a devil's bargain because, you know, she
1: That he chose to file at Okeechobee against the Bulletin Board. Same thing against the lawyers that joined with Lena Hava, Ticket in, that was his roommate when he went to Military Academy. Um, That was his big claim to fame and wrote a book about his time with Donald Trump. This, you know, John Eastman, Cleta Mitchell, Giuliani, you name it. These are friends himself with
4: who will not say no to Donald Trump. That didn't work for him in the White House. (laughs) That's the difference. He
1: was used to having so people that looked, that out to him and, and bet their knee to him always because he paid their salary. So let's get into so portions of the deposition. We covered on the last Legal
2: AF, a number of the portions that were released in connection with another filing. And so here, basically, because the judge had already decided that these types of deposition transcripts should be released, Judge Lewis Kaplan, federal judge in the Southern District of New York. Again, Trump kind of backed down and basically said, well, you know, there's really no objection that we have to this because you've already ruled against us. So more portions of the deposition transcript uh, were released. And as I mentioned in the intro of the show, there was this moment that lots of people are focusing on, and I want to focus on it here um, because, I think it shows really kind of the two major prongs that E. Jean Carroll's lawyers are going to focus on in the trial, um, in addition to the compelling testimony of E. Jean Carroll about what took place. As I mentioned on the last Legal AF, one of the things that I thought E. Jean Carroll's lawyer did a great job on is asking Donald Trump to say, so you've called E. Jean Carroll's allegations against you a hoax."